thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Praise God. Isn't the Lord good? You know, go, brother Kenneth E. Hagan, who we love so much around here, wrote a book called Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. And man, that book got criticized and, and just really tore up because a lot of people just wouldn't accept it. But you know, if you ever read that book, uh, you will understand that to everything under heaven, God has a purpose. And that also, uh, that also uh, means in church. You know, every service we have ought to have a purpose to it. Every song we sing ought to have a, a purpose to it, a reason that, that it's being sung, our worship, our praise. And you know... Uh, uh, over the years, I don't know, I, as, in field ministry, I became real, really, how can I say this, uh, adept at finding the purpose of, of what a meeting should be. When I would go into different churches, uh, I did not have a, a set thing I would preach or a set thing that I would do. I would, I would always seek God, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? You know, many times we'd do like a, a Sunday through Wednesday uh, two services a day, and, I, and I'd pray, Lord, what do you want to do in this church? It's not like the church that I was in last week, and it's not going to be like the church I'm going to be in next week, but, but, but it's the church I'm in this week. And so there's specific things you desire to do. There's specific uh, words that need to be said, specific anointings uh, that need to be released. I remember flying to, uh, to El Paso, Texas, and then driving to uh, Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, on the weekend after 9-11. That Friday I flew on Southwest Airlines and I remember me and one other person was the only person on that airline. I mean it was like flying in a boxcar with nobody in it. As soon as we got on the plane the, the, the pilot says, don't worry everybody I have a gun. <laughs> I'll never forget that. And so uh, I got there and uh, I held many meetings in that church and they put me in a uh, in, in a beautiful lake house overlooking uh, this beautiful lake there in, in, in central New Mexico. And so I begin to pray. I begin to intercede about, okay, Lord, you know, obviously a major event has happened in our nation. Uh, uh, people are, are, are stirred up. People are, are, are afraid, fearful. And I remember walking into that service on a Sunday morning. The house was packed. I mean, there were people everywhere. And the Lord gave me a word out of Isaiah about fear. And I'm telling you, the glory of God fell in that. And that was the purpose of God for that entire series of meetings. Well, in that, I struggle as a pastor because I don't want who I was to encroach with who I am. Amen? And sometimes we get into the routine of church not realizing that there are times that God wants to interrupt that and do things that are special among us. You know, if we don't, if we don't yield to that, if we don't understand that, then, then, then we're just going to have church and not be a church. You know, there's a difference between having church and being a church. And so, you know, uh, I was, we were with the heirs uh, the this past week up in Grosbeck and had a wonderful time, uh, did four services for them and, and, and really felt like that what I taught and preached was the purpose of God uh, for them. But as soon as I got back, I began to pray, okay, Lord, I'm going to begin to seek you every week for what your purpose is. I mean, if you, if you say all you want us to do is come up here and stand on one foot and holler hallelujah, that's what we're going to do. Because if that's what God says do, that's what He'll bless. Amen. 
Uh, if you want us to have an evangelistic meeting, if you want us to have a worship meeting, if you want us to have a prophetic meeting, whatever type of meeting you want us to have, we want to begin at Island Church to break out of the routine of church and begin to break into what the Spirit of God desires for every service for us to do. And in so doing, I believe we'll tap into something unique in this generation and in this hour because we're in a very unique time in church history. We, we're, we're coming out right now of a very dormant time in which there's been a lot of, uh, how can I say this, regression, not progression in the things of the Spirit. Uh, 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 driving by a church the other night and, and observing a parking lot of a minister where there should have been thousands of people in his meeting, there were only a few hundred. And in other meetings I've been around, a mighty men and women of God who are strong in the Lord and just a, a, a few people are in their meetings. And I'm thinking, Lord, what's going on? And the Lord says, there's a transition, there's a change taking place, but there's a brand new anointing and a brand new move fixing to fall in the kingdom of God and fall into the body of Christ, and you don't want to miss it. So what we've been doing actually for about the past six or seven years is contending for that. Building the church is part of that. Everything we're doing is part of that, and we have to understand that because anytime there's change, there's transition, and the transition part is the part that's not very comfortable. But we're going to stay with it. Everybody say, stay with it. So I began to press it. Okay, Lord, uh, what do you want me to do? And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, look, I want you to go back, and there's some things that you missed in teaching on the authority of the believer that the people really need to hear. Some things that you know, some things that you, that you implement in your life, some things that you walk in, but they don't walk in them. They need to know how to walk in them. So go back to 2 Corinthians. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to start there. We're just going to look at a couple of scriptures. I know usually at this point of the service we minister to people, but look, we want to follow the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, notice what it says in verse 3. We've looked at this scripture many times, and we kind of started out teaching on the authority of the believer with this scripture, this being one of our key scriptures, but now notice what it says. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Now there is a war. Everybody say there, there is a war. Now warfare is different than, than law enforcement. Now let me say that again. Warfare is different than law enforcement, and unless you understand the difference, you'll get them confused. Now a war is a conflict without a determined outcome, which means there has to be an element of participation on your part to determine whether you win the war or not. Now let me say it like this. Jesus has already won it for you. And there is much of our, there is much of our covenant that all we need to do is just enforce the covenant. Amen. But there are other things we got to fight our way into. we got to fight our way in there to get to it. we got to fight our way to stay in it. And we got to fight to keep it and see it increase. That's what every move of God has done. And every move of God has come to a conclusion. Not because God has brought it to a conclusion. It's come to a conclusion because men took their hands off contending for it. And just kind of begin to enjoy the wave, so, that, so to speak. Amen. Now, 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 notice here. It says, for the, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. This is not a fleshly fight. This is spiritual. Everybody say spiritual. So you have to un understand spiritual things. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, let me bring you up to speed. In teaching on the authority of the believer, we taught just a, a few weeks, a few months back, that, that 95 to 99% 
of all spiritual warfare is going to take place in your mind. It is a war you must win. It is something you must do. I'll help you with that a little bit this morning. But then there's that other 5 to 3% that we're going to have to understand here at Island Church of something that takes place in the spirit that we are responsible for in bringing a move of God into this city. We're responsible for that. You say, well, there's other churches. Well, they're responsible for what God's called them to do. We're responsible for what God's called us to do. And what's amazing about what God calls us to do, it has tentacles in it that go all over the world. Our teaching, our preaching goes all over, all over the world. Now we've got in-house missionaries that are beginning to, to, to go out into the world to preach the gospel. We support ministries all over the world. Uh, one of our guys just got back from, a, where were they, in Bangladesh. They were in Bangladesh in ministry. Brother Allen is back. Give Brother Allen a hand clap. He's back from an from a extended stay in Nicaragua, which he'll be here a few weeks and go back again. I'm telling you, the, what Island Church is doing is it's happening right in front of our eyes. But listen, unless we understand that and understand there is an adversary that wants to stop it. Now, let, me, let, me, let me emphatically tell you, there is an adversary that wants to stop it. We do not have the momentum of the charismatic move. We do not have the momentum of the great word of faith. We don't have that momentum. So we've got to create our own momentum and break into the new thing that God is doing here in this day and this hour, and it's going to take us keeping our foot upon the neck of the devil. But now notice what it says. It says weapons. Everybody say weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Everybody say mighty weapons. Say mighty weapons. Say God has given me. Say God has given the church mighty weapons. Amen. Sat at a table. Had a very interesting conversation was going on at this table. Uh, uh, down in Laredo, Texas. It's been about six or seven years ago. A man who was a... Uh, uh, what do you call him, a highway patrolman, Texas Department of Public Safety officer. He is actually a captain. He was actually a captain. And he was sitting at the table and explaining the protocol of being a highway patrol and how you climb up the, uh, the, the, the ladder. Uh, you know, you, you aspire to become a, a sergeant, a lieutenant in the field. You, you aspire to become a supervisor. Then a captain, you're, you're over a region. Then you become a major, and you're basically a supervisor over captains. And that's kind of the highest place you want to you, you get to in your law enforcement career. Now, he said this. He said, I'm going to retire as a captain. And so sitting at the table were, you know, several businessmen, other people said, well, why are you going to do that? He said, because one of the problems we have down here on the border of Texas is we're outgunned. Our weapons that we're allowed to carry are not near as powerful as the weapons, as the cartels and the different people that are smuggling drugs and people and all this foul stuff into our country. So basically, I'm just going to retire because I don't think we can progress and enforce our laws unless we get some better weapons. But you know, that may be true of our law enforcement, but that's not true of the church. I said, that's not true of the church. And you have to understand the weapons God has placed in your hand. Now let me, let me tell you this real quick. If you're taking notes, please write this down. These are our weapons. Number one, the Word. The Word of God is a weapon. The Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, is a mighty weapon of God. And if you do not know how to use that weapon, you know, it's one thing to have a weapon. It's another thing to know how to use it. 
You know, there are certain, there are certain guns and, and certain military uh, hardware that, that, that I don't know if I could set that thing off or not. If it's got a safety and a trigger, maybe I can. But if it's, if, if, if it's connected to a computer, forget it. I'll just pick up the computer and throw it at them. I mean, know what I mean? Amen. But I'm telling you, you've got to know how to handle the Word of God. I said, you get, now, now, I'm not talking about just reading the Bible. I'm not just talking about oh, meditating the Bible. And I'm not just talking about coming to church and have the word preached. I'm talking about when you walk out of this building, you carry the word of Almighty God. Nothing is in the universe is more powerful than that word. And when you begin to understand that that word is something that God watches over to perform, it is something that does not return void. It is something that created all that is and was and will ever be. And when you realize God has entrusted it to you as a weapon, you will begin to hurl that word against your adversary, hurl that word against your enemy through confession, through praise, through worship, and through just making a decision, I'm not going to let the devil defeat me, I'm going to walk in victory. Everybody say the word. Say the word is my weapon. Now let me just say this. God wants to give you revelation. Revelation becomes that which you possess. I thank God for what Brother Hagin has said over the years. I thank God for what Oral Roberts has said. I thank God for what, for what other ministers have said. And I've gleaned off of their revelation. But it doesn't help me until it becomes what God says to me. And I want you to know, you may hear it from some other preacher, but if you'll stay with it and listen with your heart and accept it into your, into your spirit and hear it with your heart, I guarantee you somebody else may say it, somebody else may walk in it, but you will possess that revelation and you will walk in the power of it. Everybody say, the word is my weapon. Say, the word is my weapon. Now, notice this. Secondly, the name. Everybody say, the name. The name of Jesus is a weapon. I'm telling you, there are times you need to rise up and you need to say, in the name of Jesus, devil, you're not going to destroy my finances. In the name of Jesus, you're not going to destroy my family. In the name of Jesus, you're not going to mess with my anymore. In the name, I tell you, you've got to take and you've got to hurl that name against the kingdom of darkness because the good thing is all of the word of God backs up that name. I'm telling you, when you use the name of Jesus, I like what one preacher said years ago. He says, when you use the name of Jesus, it's like taking this entire book and slapping the devil upside the head with it. Every dotted I, every cross T, every comma, every period, every word in that book, when you say in the name of Jesus, who was the Word, is the Word, and forever will be the Word of God, you're using a powerful weapon against the kingdom of darkness. I'm telling you, we need to get in our cars, we need to get on our bicycles and skateboards, and we need to drive around this island and walk around this island and ride around this island and say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, this island doesn't belong to you, devil. In the name of Jesus, we'll have revival. In the name of Jesus, souls will get saved. In the name of Jesus, people will get delivered. In the name of Jesus, drug dealing is going to stop. In the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, we need to do it or it won't get done everybody say the name say the name of Jesus is a powerful weapon now number three ready for this one the blood everybody say the blood you know at the end of our service we say empowered by, uh, covered by the blood empowered by the word anointed by the Holy Ghost now let me just say this when we say covered by the blood this is what we mean everything is covered 
I said, everything is covered. I know the blood, it didn't cover sin. It eradicated sin. It destroyed sin. It destroyed sin's ability to hold us in bondage and bring us, bring us into the death that it produces. But I've got good news. The blood can cover your marriage. The blood can cover your children. The blood can cover your finances. The blood can cover your health. And we say, thank you, Father. We're covered by the blood. We're saying the blood covers everything. And there are times in my life when I've been praying in the Spirit and I know some intercession is going on and I know there's some groaning going on in my spirit and it'll rise up out of me Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. I remember when that storm happened. What, what was the name of Harvey? I'm telling you, I don't know if you realize to the extent that God spared us. But I spent two nights in this church just walking up and down because I saw it try to come in from the west. I saw it try to come in from the southwest. It can come in from the southwest and it went and almost did a loop and dropped down into the gulf and tried to come in from the east. Then it went into Beaumont and tried to come back in from the northeast. But I was walking up and down praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, worshiping God, giving God praise, magnifying God and saying, Devil, the blood of Jesus is against you. Hurricane Harvey, you can't cross the bloodline in Jesus' name. God didn't give us revelation for no reason back in August that we were going to have a storm for us to have to suffer a storm. So as I say in the name of Jesus, according to the word that was spoken and the blood of Jesus I take this war to you, Harvey. And that storm couldn't come in here. He said, do you really believe that? No, I don't. I know it. I know when that thing broke in the spirit. Now, people would say things like this. Well, pastor, what about prayer? Prayer is not a weapon. Now, let me just say this. These three weapons need a launching mechanism. Now, let me say that again. These three weapons need... A launching mechanism. Now there are four, if I say four. Now I know there may we, we could we could look at other weapons, we could talk about the gifts of the spirit, different, but we're just concentrating on these today because I believe this will help you. Now, everybody say three weapons, four launching systems. And there, there's others, and we'll talk about them later, but these, you know, you don't need it all at one time. Number one launching system is prayer. Your prayer life is the way you launch the weapons of God. Now, when we begin to, when we begin to pray, that's why many times need-based need prayer is so ineffective. You say, what do you mean? Praying over and over and over, over some need that God has really already supplied, all you need to do is receive it by faith. Amen? That's why prayer, your prayer life, should be turned from need-based to fellowship with God. Where you begin to fellowship with God to the point that God can begin to use you to intercede, to pray, and to hurl the weapons of God against the kingdom of darkness. I'm telling the adversary, he don't want to give up this island, but I don't care what he wants. He has fought and fought and fought but he remains defeated and he needs to remain defeated in your prayer life 
You can't let the devil mess with your mind. You've got to make a decision. Devil, you're not going to mess with me. I take these weapons of the word, the name, and the blood, and I go into my prayer closet today, and I'm going to demonstrate your defeat in my life. Then I'm going to demonstrate your defeat in my church by taking that word and that name and the blood of Jesus which gives me entrance into the holy of holies of God and I'm going to stand before almighty God, my heavenly father and I'm going to declare my healing in Jesus name. I'm going to declare my prosperity. I'm going to declare my deliverance. Then I'm going to turn to the adversary and I'm going to say in the name of Jesus my God shall supply all of my needs. By his stripes I'm healed. He's not giving me a spirit of fear but a of power, love, and a sound mind. That's using your weapons in prayer. Amen? Everybody say prayer. Then there's preaching. Thank God for good teaching. That's why everyone needs to be in Sunday school. You say why? Because that's where you get good teaching. Wednesday night, I do my best to teach. But on Sunday morning, I want to preach. You say, what is that? Preaching has an element of inspiration in it. Preaching lifts you up. I've been a teacher for many years, and I know how to teach the Word of God. I know how to get in there and do it line upon line, precept upon precept. But I'm telling you, there are times when you've got to preach the Word. 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 And I tell you, you can preach the anointing into a meeting. You can preach the glory down. You can preach healing into a meeting. You can preach deliverance into a meeting. And I'm telling you, we're going to take this meeting this morning, and we're going to preach the deliverance of Almighty God into your life, into this church, and into this region in Jesus' name. Amen? That's, an, that's, another, that's another launching mechanism of the weapons of God. So much of our preaching in the body of Christ has become very philosophical. Uh, almost like a counseling session. But here's the thing. Only the Word of God, now listen to me carefully or you're not going to hear it right. Only the Word of God can deliver supernaturally. Amen? I, I heard a guy the other day, and man, I love his teaching. I love his preaching. But basically, he was like, just hang on, and everything's going to be all right. Well, that's not my message this morning. My message is get in there and fight with every weapon God has given you. Get in there and get in there and fight your fight. Get in there and rumble with the devil. Get in there and make a decision. Devil, I'm not going to live in defeat another day. You get in there and you initiate your own victory that Jesus Christ has already given you. And you make a decision. I'm not living defeated in this area anymore. I'm going to fight my way out of it. And I'm going to keep what I have fought for. And then I'm going to see it increase in Jesus' name. Your testimony. It's another launching mechanism. We may need to have some testimony services around here. You say, well, testimonies are inspirational. But I'm telling you, every time you tell your testimony, and you don't need to embellish it. God doesn't need your help to glorify something. Just say what it is. Just tell what God has done for you. Just tell what, and I know some, some testimonies are more dynamic. Some testimonies are more sens uh, sensational, but no testimony, no testimony is any more supernatural 
when God does it. Whether it's a small little victory you just came through or whether it's something major that God has done in your life. You need to declare your testimony. Do not be ashamed of your testimony. You get around people and that door opens. You put your foot in the door and you say, let me tell you what God has done for me. I'm telling you, I remember the first time Danny Johnson came to our church. I met him, I met him in the, I, he came to the, to the, to the uh, 45th Street. And he came into that little office, and I thought, man, what a classical Pentecostal preacher. He knew how to dot all his I's and cross all his, and he got up and he gave that testimony how God had brought him out of crime and drug addiction and the penitentiary and set him on fire and sent him around the world. I'm telling you, that was one of the most inspiring testimonies I think I ever heard. And he shares it all. All you got to do is just, hurt, just, just bump him a little bit and he'll start sharing that testimony. Some of you in here have some dynamic testimonies. But no, no, nobody knows it but you and God. Come on, church. Nobody knows it but you and God. You need to begin to declare how God has set you free. You need to begin to declare what Jesus has done for you. You need to begin to declare how your body has been healed, how your finances has been blessed, how God has healed your marriage. Whatever it is that God has done, you need to begin to declare it and declare it. and Because every time you do, Jesus gets glorified. Can you take one more? One more launching mechanism, and this is where we're going to end up, and you'll see why in just a minute. One more launching mechanism is your praise. Now, we've talked about worship, and we know what worship is, and we're still learning about worship, but I want to talk about praise for a moment. When we learn to correctly praise the Lord, amen, to give Him thanks, for what he now worship who he is praise what he does. I mean, we need to realize, church. Come on, man. We can't take a step in the morning. The breath in our lungs, the, the our body that functions so miraculous. The Bible says we're gloriously and wondrously made. All of the all of the beauty of the of the universe and all that 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 that, that God does and set the order of everything. My God, look at what He has done. He is worthy of our praise. I said He is worthy of our praise. Oh, somebody gonna get it here in a moment. I'm telling you, through praise, we hurl at the enemy. You say why? Because He used to be the praise and worship leader. He knows what praising God will do. He knows how God inhabits the praises of His people. He knows when God's people start praising Him, nothing is impossible for their God gets activated on their behalf. He knows when people start praising God that it breaks the atmosphere of oppression. He knows that when people start praising God, the gifts of the Spirit will start to flow. The Holy Ghost will begin to manifest. Oppression will leave. Disease will the devil will have to run and start terror when God's people start praising him. Go to Isaiah real quick. Isaiah 61. I feel a shout coming on. 
Isaiah 61, of course, this is the portion of Scripture in Luke chapter 4 that Jesus turned to. But now notice it says, The Spirit of the Lord God, verse 1, is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound. I'm telling you, you get right there, you just get, you just, just shout all day long. Because every one of us were there at one time. Amen. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn in Zion. Now notice this. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes. Everybody say beauty for ashes. Some of you have some ashes in your life right now. And God, this morning, not next week, not next year, not in some conference in 2020, God today wants to take away your ashes and give you some beauty. Amen. The oil of joy. I said the oil of joy. For mourning. Some of you have been mourning. You feel like something's been taken away from you. you. You feel grief in your heart. You feel pain. But I tell you, there's the oil of joy that God wants to pour on this congregation this morning and set you free from the oppression of the enemy. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Now, here you go. The garment of praise. I said the garment of praise. I said the garment of praise. I mean, you got to put it on. you got to put on. Y'all, y'all like this. Isn't this a beautiful coat? The pins brought this to me from Ireland. It's, a, it's a, a made in a shop that started in 1866. This is, a, this is a real Irish tweed coat. And I got up this morning. I saw it hanging. It's a little cool outside because you can't wear it in the summertime. And I thought, you know, that's a special coat to me. One of, my, one of my guys from the church that's a missionary now, one of the sons of this church is now in ministry, and he brought this to I think I'm going to put it on. I slipped my hands into the sleeve. Oh, it felt so good. I put it on. I said, Leah, how does this look? I picked out a tie. She says, that looks great, honey. You know what I did? I put it on. I began to wear it. I said, I begin to wear it. I'm telling you, some of you, a spirit of heaviness has come upon you, but God has a new garment for you this morning, and you've got to make a decision to reach up in the closet of God and put on that garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, and God will break you free, and Satan will be destroyed in your life. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy. I mean, excuse me, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now listen to this, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Listen, to, listen can you stand it in the Amplified? Let's do it in the Amplified. i got to read it in the Amplified. Verse 3. To grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion. To give them an ornament, a garland, a diadem of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment expressive of praise instead of heavy, burdened, and failing spirit. Now listen to this. That they might be called oaks of righteousness. Lofty, strong magnificent, distinguished, and up for uprightness, 
justice and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. That's him describing you. I said, that's him describing you. Oh, come on, church. Lofty, strong, magnificent, distinguished for uprightness and justice and right standing with God. The planting of the Lord. I'm telling you, the devil, he just can't get rid of us. He's tried and he's tried and he's tried in the natural. He's tried in the spirit. He's tried just about every way. But here's the thing. I didn't plant this church here. The pastor of this church did. He said, who's the pastor? His name is Jesus. I said, his name is Jesus. And he planted it here like an oak tree. And that's one thing unique about this island. Oak trees are not natural. But I'm telling you, where they grow, they grow up big. There's oak trees on this island, 200 years old. Big, strong, lofty. The birds live in them. They provide shade and beauty, and they do all that they're supposed to do. And I'm telling you, the storm after storm after storm after storm after, it gets a few. It gets a few, but it doesn't get them all. I said, it doesn't get them all. And it's not going to get this oak tree that's planted by God. You say, why? Because we are for His glory. We are for His glory. Every time these doors are open, every time these cars are parking, people drive by and God gets glorified. They know what's going on here. They know people are worshiping God. They know demons are being cast out. They know lost people are getting saved. They know bodies are being healed. They know the Holy Ghost is moving. This is the planting of the Lord. Now, Real quick, back to our scripture in Hebrews that we use for offering. Hallelujah. Worship team, praise team, you can come now. Because we're fixing to praise the Lord. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 13 by verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer... The sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks. Now, every launching system that launches the weapons of God have to have your mouth. Prayer. Amen. Bible says in Acts chapter 4 that the church did what? Lifted up their voice. So I don't like all that loud praying. Well, I'll tell you what, you're not going to like heaven. Heaven's going to be a loud place. Amen. Preaching. Amen. Which should be done with passion and revelation. Testimony. You're going to have to tell somebody, church. You're going to have to tell somebody what God's done for you. You're going to have to look him in the eye and say, you know, you may think I'm crazy because I go to that church where they talk in tongues and cast out devils. But let me tell you, once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was blind, but now I see. Once I was addicted, now I'm delivered. Once I was oppressed, but Jesus has opened the prison doors. For, I'm telling you, it won't take you long and you'll start shouting. Now notice what it says. By him, by him, therefore, let us offer 
the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, our lips giving thanks unto His name. Amen? Now, like we said earlier, you may say, Pastor, I'll tell you, I just came this morning. I was just hoping you'd call me down there and pray for me because I'll tell you, I, I'm so oppressed. I, I got such heaviness on me, I don't know what to do. Well, you know what to do now. Amen. Now, we're going to minister to some people as the Holy Ghost allows us to. But before we do anything else, as a church, we need to praise God. I think that first praise song would be a good, the first one y'all did, or y'all got another one? That first one y'all did. I think we need to praise God, and we need to praise God, and we need to praise God, and we need to pray. It says what? Continually. And we need to put everything we got in. Listen, if you feel like running, you run. If you feel like dancing, you dance. If you feel like shouting, you shout. Now hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You need to hear what else I have to say. If you don't feel like running, you run. If you don't feel like dancing, you dance. If you don't, I don't talk about some charismatic kick. We're going to get into some of that later. I mean, you dance in the spirit. You say, how do I dance in the spirit? You take one step in the flesh and you'll learn to dance in the spirit. David danced unto the Lord with all of his might. We don't dance like that. You say, we don't know. We dance in the spirit. Amen. Uh, you say, eh, well, I don't want to shout. Then you need to shout. I don't want to sing. Then you need to sing. You need to give an expression to your deliverance. You need to let the devil know, I am armed and dangerous. And today I'm putting on. Everybody say, putting on. I'm putting on a garment of praise. And I'm going to begin to praise him. And I'm going to begin to praise him. And I'm going to begin to, and I'm going to let my praise rise to heaven. And I'm going to let it mix with the praise of heaven. And I'm going to praise it. And I'm going to praise it for what not has, for what had even manifested in my life. We're going to praise him for that building. We're going to praise him for more missionaries coming out of Island Church. We're going to praise him for an increase. We're going to praise him for all that money we need. We're going to praise him. 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 Just like we've got it in our hand right now. Just like the symptoms have stopped in your body. Just like you went to the doctor and said we can't find no cancer. Amen. Just like the check comes in the mail. Whatever it is that you're expecting, this praise is going to take your expectancy button. You're dying. Turn it up to 10. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Go ahead. Let's praise the Lord.
You know what oppression is. Oppression is that which just kind of just kind of brings you down. And you need a liberty. You need a liberty to help you break free from that. I tell you, the anointing's here today. I know the Spirit of God is here. I sense it all over me. We need, we need, many of you need that breakthrough today. We need that breakthrough in our church. I tell you, the adversary. Ever since the fall harvest, the adversary has fought. So much anointing was released in that fall harvest. It was a very different fall harvest this year. But a tremendous anointing was released. And anytime that happens, the enemy comes and just tries to suppress that and just, just bring it down. But I'm telling you, we're not going to live under the constraints of our adversary. We're going to live in the victory that Jesus has provided. Some of you, 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 you say, man, I tell you, my, my finances, it just, it's like the devil has come in and just tore them to pieces. Some of you, in your mind, you just, you know, you've never been a depressed person. You just haven't had that joy that you should be walking in. You, listen, there's others here that you, you've had that perpetual oppression upon your life. Some of you, for years, if you would just recognize that today is your day to be set free. That thing will be broken off of your life. So no matter what it is, if that's you, and you say, that's me, Pastor, I'm going to be free of that. I'm going to be free of that. I want you to get up here right now. Come up here right now. Come up here right now. Everybody else is going to praise God. Amen? Everybody else is going to praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's get everybody up here that needs to be up here. Glory to God. Glory to God. Leah, you come minister with me, sweetie. Now, I don't want to. I don't want to go down and just find out what everybody's problem is. That's going to take too long. 
But if the Lord does quicken me, I'll stop and minister to you. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And as I pray, you're going to have to receive it. And I've always said this for years. There should be a response to your to your reception. You know, you receive something. At least say thank you. I said at least say thank you. At least begin to thank God. At least begin to worship Him. At least begin to glorify His name. Hallelujah. Now we got everybody here, guys? Everybody lift your hands up. Now, Heavenly Father, I thank you. Lord, we're not an ignorant church. You've given us great revelation. Revelation that in generations past have gathered multitudes of people for deliverance, for healing, and for blessing. And Father, we know that we're in a transition period in the kingdom of God and the body of Christ. That the great desire of your heart is to bring a move of God onto this planet that will usher in the last day revival and that will see the second return of Jesus Christ and the rapture of the church. We know that every force of evil has been released by hell. Every demonic power available to Satan himself has been loosed upon this planet. We are not ignorant of his devices. But Heavenly Father, you've raised up a people aware of their authority in the Word of God. Understanding the defeat of Satan and every demon force. Therefore, this morning at Island Church, we declare our victory in Jesus' name over every oppressing devil, over every demon force that would war against our physical bodies, that would war against our finances, our businesses and our jobs and our income, that would war against our families, that would war and try to oppress our spirit on the inside and keep that true joy of God from erupting in our midst. So today, in the name of Jesus, we gather three mighty weapons. And according to the word of God, Satan, we remind you of your defeat 2,000 years ago. We say in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is against you. In the name of Jesus, every oppressing spirit, every demonic attack, in the name of Jesus, is broken. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that as we go down this line and lay hands, that there'll be a train of ashes for beauty, of ashes for beauty, for the spirit of rejoicing, the oil of joy where there has been heaviness and people will receive. Hallelujah. Let's go down Come on, y'all got a song to sing? Come on, you that are out there, y'all praise God with a praise team now. In the name of Jesus.
in a meeting about 20 years ago and there were about five, 6,000 people in this meeting 
and uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin was conducting it. And he got up and said, so he did something that was really unique. He got up and he said, you know, he said, we have people that come and lead in praise and worship. He said, we have people that come and lead in making confessions of faith. He said, but you know, I feel led by the Holy Ghost to get somebody to come up and lead us in laughing. And nobody, everybody was kind of like, you know, I was in another meeting, he did the same thing, and the guy next to me said, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. He didn't laugh. I tell you, Satan hates your laughter. He wants to steal your laughter. And sometimes we just got to start out in the flesh. If we do, we can end up in the spirit. Now let me read you a scripture, Psalms 126. It says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then, everybody say then. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Everybody say laughter and singing. Now this, notice this. Then said they. Now you know who they are, don't you? They're the they-sayers. They're, they're the they's that say, you're crazy for going down there. Those people are crazy. That's just a money cult. That, all that tongue talking's of them. That's the they, they people. But they have to change what they say. Listen to what they say. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord. The Lord hath done great things for them. 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 Glory to God. Glory of God fell on. Well, actually, fell every night when we were in the Philippine Islands. But the night Pastor Mark Brzee, of course, he he gets on the anointing. He never preaches. I always like to preach it in. He just gets up and brings it in. And I got so drunk in the spirit. I laughed so hard my ribs hurt the next day. But I knew something had broken in the spirit. I knew, and I just started out. I mean, I saw Mark, you can always tell that, that anointing, Pastor Mark, I saw, I'm always telling that anointing comes on him. We minister a lot together. And that anointing just came on him. And, you know, his knees kind of go like this when it happens. Have you ever watched him? He kind of has that, that, yeah. And I thought, ah, it's hitting him now, you know. And, man, he began to minister. There were thousands there that night. Began to minister. And I thought, I'm sitting right on the front row next to Pastor Paul. And I thought, I'm not going to sit here and not partake of this. So I just began to go, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. That's what I did. I started going, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. And man, when I started doing that, it didn't take but about 30 seconds. Ha, ha, ha. It didn't take but about 30 seconds. It didn't take but about 30 seconds. And my ha, ha, ha stepped out of the flesh and into the spirit. Ha, ha, ha. And it became a ha-ha-ha. Amen. I said it became a ha-ha-ha. Everybody say ha-ha-ha. Say ha-ha-ha. Say ha-ha-ha. Say the devil's defeated. Ha-ha-ha. Jesus is Lord. Ha-ha-ha. My oppression is gone. My oppression is gone. 
of God settle down. Let that presence of God settle in. Oh, pakete se prekitere maso pakesto le maso. So baketere maso prekesto le maso. Si brate so frate. For just as a father would delight in his children playing in his presence, enjoying the benefits of his great benevolence, knowing that in him him was in his presence they would glory and joy and be filled with singing and happiness so your heavenly father desires to gather your hearts unto him this day and to allow you to revel in his presence knowing that his supply is yours that healing belongs unto you Prosperity is yours. And oh yeah, the enemy, he's fought. He's warred. He knows what that building will mean. He knows what the missionaries will bring. He knows his days upon this island are numbered. But as you stand in my presence and declare your victory in the midst of his attacks and oppression, my deliverance comes upon you, sets you free, and allows you to joy in my presence and love. So as you worship and lift your hands, let the oppression go. Let my spirit flow. Let that what let what you desire come deep within your heart again, and let my presence. Raise up on your face a mighty grin. For you know inside information has come that the battle is over and the victory is won. That which you desire for him to do has been done and it will see you through. So rejoice and glory in the presence of the Lord for he is worthy to be worshipped, glorified and adored. For he has removed the stain and the pain of that which the adversary has tried to do. If you'll just rejoice, and you'll know it too. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. Thank you, Jesus. Where's us? I've got a couple of things I need to do. In there. Where's Captain? Is Captain Paul and Cindy still in here? Come here, Captain Paul. Thank you, Jesus. The, the, the Spirit of God wants me to remind you. Some things were said to you by the Holy Ghost and by the Spirit. It seems like to me maybe two years ago or long, about four years ago. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong. 
But that's one of the first times something really from the Spirit has come down and come into your lives. And you've thought about it, you've meditated on it, you've even wondered what it could even mean. But on the other side of the coin, there's really been an attack against the word that was spoken. Just like when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan and came up and the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Immediately there became an attack against that. Immediately. Now this attack is come like it's coming waves. There are times when it seems like it's a really intense fight and battle. Then there'll seem like a, a, a little time where there's some relief and you know things seem to be okay. And then boom, it, it seems like you go right back into it and then you're right back. But the Lord wants you to know today you're gonna be delivered totally out of that. And the questions that you have asked are gonna be answered in your spirit. I'm not gonna answer the Holy Ghost is gonna say, now this is what that meant, and this is what that meant, and this is what that meant. And there's going to be an assurance on the inside of you. And there's going to be no more of these peaks and valleys. But it's just going to be like a straight highway. Thank you, Jesus. Now lift your hands and worship the Lord. Does that help you? Does that help you? Glory to God. Because see, it, 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 when things come, I've had things that came into my spirit 30 years ago that I have fought for and fought for and fought for, and it's just been this, Ugh. but I'm almost there. You just got to stay with Because in that, now listen, a little bit, of, just a little bit, in that is going to be a tremendous change, even in your life and lifestyle, in which years you've had a certain lifestyle, it's going gonna, it's gonna to all change, and the blessing of God it's just, now think, thank you, Lord, thank you. You know, we can go down to the store and buy any, you know, any, any grapes, whatever. But, you know, a, it was a process to be planted. The, the, the plant, fruit to actually come on the vine and ripe, and then to be picked, and then to be purchased and partaken of. And the Lord wants you to know the package of that blessing is like that. There was a planting, and you've been faithful to keep it. Times the enemy just wanted, just told you, that's a bunch of craziness. You don't, you need to just forget all of that. But you have kept it alive. Now the plant's up out of the ground, and the fruit's on on the vine. That's where it's at right now, and it's ripening right now. It's ripening right now. Amen. Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we glorify. Hallelujah. Larry, listen to me. You guys, there's just, consecration comes in in stages. It comes in stages where you, okay, Lord, all right, I'm on, I'm on, all right, you know, yeah, this is kind of cool. I like, okay, yeah. And then, and then God kind of, and you take a step a little deeper and you're like, wow, you know, we're kind of getting into this. Okay, you know, wow, you know, and then it gets a little deeper. The Lord wants you to know there's one more step of consecration in your life. And when you take that step where you say, okay, that's it, God, that's it, that's it, that's it. No more of us, all of you. No more of us, all of you. No more preconceived ideas. No more, we're just, we're just going to throw ourselves into your hand. We're going to throw our lives into you. Whatever you say, wherever you, what, what, anything. We are not my will, but thine be done. When you really make that step of consecration, there's going to be a break and a breakthrough in you guys' life like you've never seen before. And it's going to cause you to understand why the enemy tried to kill you 
and try to take you out. You're going to understand it. Then you can say, oh, okay. Oh, he didn't want me around for this, huh? But you've made it through some faith activated in you, prayers of your brothers and sisters, and some mercy from God has brought you through that and is going to complete that which he's begun. Thank you, Father. Come on, worship the Lord with me. Worship the Lord with me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So pakere bahas, para ketelir so ramangelesi bratahas. Oh, sebeke so rabatas so telebeke. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on and worship the Lord one more time. I know we're a little bit over time, but that's okay. Just take time and worship God. Father, we worship you. Father, we glorify your name. We lift up our hands in your presence, giving you praise, giving you honor, giving you glory, giving you praise, giving you honor, giving you glory, giving you praise, giving you honor, giving you glory. My, my brother and sister from Austin, come real quick. Hallelujah. God drew you all the way here today just for this. Just for this. Refreshing. A breakthrough in your own life. But stay steady. Stay steady. Things are happening. Things are happening for you guys in Austin. Things are happening. Don't pull back, but press in. There's been a great temptation to like, man, it looks like this stuff's over with. What are we going to do? How, where are we going to go? But God says, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Those that are over you have fought a fight of faith. And they have stood their ground. And God is rewarding their faithfulness even as we speak. So you stand in faith if everyone else. You stand. You look them in the eye and you say, I am standing in faith with you. And the rewards will be great. And the blessing will be full. Thank you, Jesus. Ted and Ella, the latter years, there was about five years in which the ministry of Mom and Papa Ward became very precious and very important. They weren't really ministering from the pulpit as much as they were ministering one-on-one. -on -one. That anointing is coming on you guys. That anointing, that, that mom and pop award is coming on you, anointing is coming on you. It is so needed in the body. There's not those encouragers. There's not those ones that'll pray. There's not those ones that'll go. And I know I've said some things in the spirit before about that, but now it's going to come online even more. That's why there's been some attacks. That's why there's been some things that have come against you even physically because the enemy wants to suppress and repress that. But it's amazing how one man, I remember the, the, the testimony of how Papa Ward went to Brother Osteen when he was in depression and was just a little Baptist preacher nobody knew. And it was Papa Ward that went to him and got him up out of bed and sent him out there to California to Dima Shakira and every, everything else is history. And the Lord says, there will be those encounters for you, the oppressed. There's preachers right now laying in bed crying out, God, what am I going to do? And God says, he's going to send you to him. He's going to send you to him. Whew. Receive that anointing. 
Lift your hands. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I want every business owner to lift their hands up. There's been a spirit of oppression that has come against businesses in this church. It has oppressed these businesses and tried to keep them from coming the businesses that God has called them to do. All right, I'll do that, Lord. I, I super hesitate to do that. I super hesitate to do that. Okay, I'm, no, I'll obey you. I know better than that. I know better than not to obey you. For every one of these businesses, God wants you to prepare a sacrifice of an offering this month, in the month of December, not, not November, but in the month of December. Something that will be a sacrifice, not out of your personal pocket, out of your business. And God wants you. Now, I'm a, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that out. God always give you an out. I'm not telling you to sow it into Island Church. I don't care where you sow it. I'm not, I don't care where you, if God tells you to sow it somewhere else, you sow it somewhere else. If God don't tell you somewhere else, then sow it right here at your home church. But the Lord wants you to know that that will break the oppression. And where your business was dealing with addition, multiplication will come upon you in 2018. And there will be supernatural expansion. Thank you, Father. Well, I don't know. Should I? The economy of this... Now listen closely. The economy of this nation seems to be running at full speed. Like a steam engine going down the track. And it doesn't look like there's anything that can stop it. But the Lord wants this congregation to know that that will come to an end. That there will come a stop and it will be radical, it will be extreme, and it will be sudden. And the Spirit of the Lord is preparing these businesses to weather that, to break the current oppression and open the windows of heaven, heaven over your business for when this thing hits in the economy. Because, yeah, thank you, Lord. As fast as it went up, it'll come down. And as broad as it is, it'll be reduced back down. Because much of it, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Should I say that? Okay. Much of it's built on lies. Much of it's built on lies. It's hot air and paper. That's what the Holy Ghost just said to me. It's hot air and paper. Hot air and paper. But if you'll do what the Lord says, hallelujah, then the Spirit of God is going to break that oppression over your business. And then this thing happens in the economy. Thank you, Father. No, I don't have to say that. Okay, thank you. Okay, right. It's going to come quick. It's going to happen quick. It's going to happen quick. Lift your hands and worship God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, pray. 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 Not now. Not now. Pray. Pray in your... Yeah. For no matter what your political persuasion may be, you must pray and intercede over your nation and your government. For the seeds are trying to be sown to bring anarchy into this nation. And for there to be a usurping of laws that, are been, that have been in place for hundreds of years. 
So begin to intercede and pray for the enemy has scheduled into next year a strategy and a plan to try to topple the government and empower those that will do his bidding. But if those who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and make it a point to intercede on behalf of their nation, I will thwart the plan of the enemy and I will put the government of this nation back on the right track. For there will need to be restoration and there will need to be a restoring of that which this nation is and I will put in place those that can do it. Do not take this lightly. Do not take this lightly. But begin now to cry out and pray and intercede and you shall see my hand upon it. You shall see my hand upon it. For the enemy always thinks he has a plan that will work but it has never worked when my people will pray and intercede and stand in faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now lift your hands one more time and let's worship the Lord. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Father. We worship you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Well, did you enjoy being in the house of the Lord today? Isn't it good to follow God's plans? Amen. To do what He desires to do. I'm not saying He did everything He desired to do. We're just human. We press in as far as we can. But let me just say this. Pick your consecration up a little higher. Become a little more consecrated to them. We've got communion tonight. We won't take a communion again until our New Year's Eve celebration. Communion so important. Come and partake of the bread and of the wine or of the blood tonight. Let's celebrate communion together. Amen. Come to prayer. Oh, it's so important to pray. Oh, my God. Oh, if you could only see what I see. If you could only hear what I hear in my spirit. I mean, I, I built a prayer room in my house. God gave, blessed us with a beautiful home. I went and built just, what, what it was, was it, baby, an eight by eight? Eight by eight, just a room. And it's for nothing, but we don't do nothing in there, but pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Past couple of weeks, all the teaching that I've been listening to was talking about all of the prayer and intercession that went in to the beginnings of the charismatic move. When it began to happen and God began to break loose that great wave of His glory that spread all over the world, went around the world. Before that, there was a prayer revival. And these old prayer warriors were on their knees, interceding, praying, worshiping God. I'm telling you, the Bible says when Zion travails, Zion's the type of the church, then sons and daughters. Listen, they can have church as normal. They can have their religion, their tradition. I want a move of God. I'm telling you, as much as I want the breath in my lungs, I thought I wanted it 30-something years ago when I first came. I want it more now than I've ever desired it. And I've seen glimpses. This year, I've seen some glimpses. I saw, one, I saw a glimpse over in Ireland. saw a glimpse in the Philippine Islands. Thank God for that. I want it here. I don't want a glimpse. I want the whole pie right here. Because the light that shines abroad shines the brightest here where we're at. Amen. You love the Lord. One more time. Worship His name. Fathers, we leave today.
We thank you for your provision of protection, your safety upon us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, according to Psalms 91, over the entire church. We know many are out today because of the holiday season. But, Father, we declare over the entire church, no evil befalls us. No plague comes to our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We as your people walk upon serpents and scorpions over all power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Lord God. Lord, we thank you also that there's a great door of utterance. Our testimony, Father. Our testimony, Lord. Oh, what you've done for us, Lord. How you've saved us, healed us, filled us with the Holy Ghost. Kept us from all the wiles. Oh, the testimony of God. Give us a door of utterance to our families, our friends, our neighbors, even strangers, Lord. Let us share the goodness of God. Father, we thank you that you love us and care for us so much. That you let us rejoice in your presence. That you fill our mouths with laughter. You give us a song in our heart. We thank you, Father. Thank you for our church. Thank you for Island Church. Lord, we're not a perfect church. But we are your church, Lord Jesus. We belong to you and none other and no one else. Thank you, Father, as we leave today. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the Holy God bless you. We'll see you tonight. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411. 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.